That's what we're getting in the, uh, the mood, getting in the proper gear for Christmas, right? And what is Christmas really all about? Shopping. And it's, it's the birthday of Jesus. And, you know, we've been talking about this theme, limitless. And we look out into the heavens and we see there's unlimited stars. You can't count them all. Although God put them there, named them all, and has numbered them all according to the Bible. They're limitless. And we've been studying about the limitlessness of Almighty God. But as we're talking about limitless and who He is and what He's promised, we want to talk about His great name as well. Now, how many of you guys, uh, this time of the year especially, are interested in the weather? Before you go to work in the morning? How many, I'll be honest with me. Are you interested in the weather or not? Okay, you're not. Okay, I want you to throw your radios and your televisions and your cell phones away because you're not interested in the weather. How many of you have an app on your phone that you can find your weather in just a couple moments? Oh, wow, look at You know where that's at, don't you? Well, once upon a time before we had these cell phones, lots of people had, let me see if I got it here, they had these little things here. Some of them had smaller ones. What's this right here? An antenna. It's actually a radio, and it's a tape player. But, you know, when you're trying to get the weather in the morning and all, and you're, you know, the static you can get on a radio, you know, and you're trying to, and it said, and there's going to be precipitation, and you're going, what? what was he talking about? And there's a possibility that it's going to be, so you try to figure out where's the radio station, and you try to point the antenna, and then it gets a little bit clearer, right? If you can get it toward the window, and even cell phones, you got to get kind of close to a window sometimes, don't you? Depends on which way you're pointing the thing, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's really important if you want to hear what is being said, you want to get the news, you want to get the, the, uh, the weather, is to turn your radio and your antenna toward the source of the signal. It's really important that we do that if you want to get the message that they're trying to say. It says in uh, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17, it says, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father. You know, I mean, God is the source of everything that we need. And we receive his gifts best when our face and our heart is turned toward him. When we're turned toward God, we receive a lot better. You know, we're better in tune with what he's saying. He gave us an awesome book. And he had no intention for us just to put it on a coffee table. You know, that was not the intent of the Bible. Guess what the intent of that book was? To read the thing. Actually, it tells us in Timothy to study it even, you know, because God will speak to us and he'll... Uh, you know, feed our inner man, our spirit and faith begins to rise up inside of us. We go like, he said that? Oh, wow, it's like finding a, an old will, you know. And, 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 and now you're beginning to understand the old will and testament and, and it was leaving things to you and you're reading the fine print and it's like, and that's mine? Oh, well, I didn't know that, you know. You get excited about finding that will and discovering that there's a lot of 
privileges and a lot of benefits that are yours, but you didn't know about them, you know. Interesting, is it not? Well, in the book of Psalms, chapter 123, let's listen to uh, what it has to say. It says, and the psalmist said, I lift up my eyes to you. You know, I'm, I'm looking for the signal. I'm trying to get a clear signal. I'm trying to hear what God's saying to me. I'm trying to access the, his providence, the provisions that Almighty God has made, and it covers every area of your life. He says, I lift up my eyes to you, O God, enthroned in heaven. I lift up my eyes to you. And then it says in verse 2, we keep looking to the Lord our God. We keep looking to the Lord our God. We keep looking to the Lord our God for his mercy. Just as a servant, just as servants keep their eyes on their master. Isn't that what a servant does? Yeah, okay, wherever master Yeah, we're looking at the master. He goes on to say, and as a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal, you know, she, she wanted to comb her hair. And the, like, oh, here, let me help you. you know. She needs a cup of tea or she needs, oh, let me help you with that, you know. And the scripture says here, uh, the psalmist says, I lift my eyes to you. I, I, I want to catch the slightest signal. I lift my eyes to you, O God, enthroned in heaven. We keep looking to you. We keep looking to the Lord our God for his mercy, just as servants keep their eyes on their master. And as a slave girl watches her mistress, mistress for the what? Slightest signal. You know, it's just like the slightest signal. Are, are, are we watching our master for the slightest signal that we'll do his will? Are we looking and we're, are, are we listening? You know, because that's, that's how it gets in our hearts, you know. If we turn our hearts toward God, it means that we've turned our eyes and our ears toward him because what goes in your eyes and your ears gets in your heart. And you can have fear and worry and anxiety in your heart or you can have faith in your heart. It depends on what you're looking at. It depends on what you're reading, what you're watching, what you're hearing determines the condition of your, your heart. You know. Let me ask you a question. Is God sending a signal to you? You're going, I don't know. You know, if, if we turn this radio on, we'd find out. Is it, do you all think there's any radio signals in this room? How many? Thousands of them. And if, if we can tune in, we'll pick up that signal. And do you think God's speaking, sending a signal to you today? <laughs> I suppose he is. But we may not be turning our face and our hearts and our ears toward that signal. That small signal. We may not be looking in that direction. God is limitless. But sometimes we're just not tuned in to pick up what he's saying. Well, in Psalms 37, verse 23, it says, The steps of the godly, godly people are, are, are godlike. It means like Christian, which means Christ-like. says, The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. And he delights, God delights, he takes pleasure in every detail of their lives. God takes pleasure in every detail of your life. He really does. Same way a parent takes pleasure in the detail of watching that child grow and all. Now, Corey Tim Boone, you remember uh, the book, The Hiding Place? You know, Corey Tim Boone, she made this statement. She said, if God sends us on a stony path, he provides strong shoes. Now, do you remember Corey's sister died 
in a prison, in a concentration camp, a death camp, they called it, a labor death camp. And if you'll remember, there was a typographical error that had taken place on some paperwork and it had released Corey shortly before everybody there was, was uh, killed. I mean, isn't that some kind of a fluke thing that would happen, you know? Like some kind of a, what would you call that, uh, coincidence? That's a divine intervention by Almighty God. Because the scripture just got through telling us here, he says this in, in Psalms 37, 23, the steps of the godly are directed by the Lord and he delights in every detail of their lives. You think God can send a little uh, typo? You know, someone's typing something and God goes like, that's you! And then they type, release. <laughs> Accidentally. You think I'm teasing but God can do anything because God is what? He's limitless. And God can do anything. If you want to discover that, read his book. It's the absolute bestseller has always been and will always be the number one bestseller. And it's awesome that it's found in so many different translations that, that everybody can read and grasp and understand it in their particular vernacular, their, their, their language. Picking up here in verse 24, Psalms 37, 24, it says... Though they stumble, he said the Lord is going to, uh, you know, direct them. You know, the steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. And verse 24 says, though they stumble, they will not fall. So I'm at the godly, those who are looking to God, those who are trying to catch his signal. He says, though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Like a daddy holds his kids as he's walking them over rough terrain. Verse 25 says, once I was young and, and now I'm old and yet I have never seen the godly forsaken, nor seen their children begging for bread. God is limitless. And there are tremendous benefits to you and your children when you choose to be a godly man, when you choose to be a godly woman. There is a promise that trickles down to you, down to your children after you. The providence of God. God didn't thought it all out. The foresight. He's already planned everything out, you know, as far as the things that you're going to need. So, you know, I have an, it's like, it's right there. But sometimes we're not picking up the signal, see, and we don't know where it's at, you know. I mean, America, the United States is a wonderful place. You know, it was there before Christopher Columbus was born. Did you know that? Did you know that heaven was there before you ever recognized that you needed a heaven? It was there. In the providence of God, he's made awesome provisions for us all. He really has. And this here is an awesome treasure chest, let me tell you. It discovers, you know, uh, shows us all the discoveries he wants us to see. He wants us to unearth those privileges and those benefits and those blessings, the treasures that God has set for us, you know. We access the providence, the provisions, the foresight and the forethought of God. We access all those provisions by a simple word. Anybody know what that word is? Faith. It is obedience. We talked about that last week. But see, obedience. Faith is like, I believe you, Lord. You said do what? Okay. God says, jump. You ask how high on the way up. You know, all things are possible. He tells us that, you know, to those who believe. All things, anything is possible to those who believe. It says it in the book. If he didn't mean it, he wouldn't have put it in his book. Hundreds of times he put it there. There's no mistake in this at all. In the book of uh, Psalms 37, I want to look at verse 
three, we're going to look at two things here. It says, trust in the Lord. Trust is talking about believing. It's talking about faith. Trust Him. Believe Him. Exercise your faith in the Almighty. If He says something, do it. Believe Him. If He says step out of a boat and ain't nothing there but water, step out of the boat. <laughs> you know. He says, trust in the Lord. That's number one. And, and do good. Trust Him and then do good because that's godly. Because He does good. Every good thing comes from Him above. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then, then, after you do number one and two, trust in the Lord and do good, and then you will live safely in the land. Is our land a dangerous land to live in? It really is. It's very dangerous. And I'm not talking about just the crazy things that happened down recently, you know, all the shooting and the terrorism, and that's a horrible thing. But there are thousands of people that die every year, automobile accidents, wrong prescriptions, and a thousand other things. I mean, this is not safe to be here on this planet. You know what I'm saying? It's not safe. But what's the alternative, you know? But he says, trust in the Lord and do good, and then you will live safely in the land, in this dangerous land, Thank you, sir. The providence of God. He made provision for me here. I'm not implying that was God there. But, truth of it is, God, God uses us all, does he not? He surely does. And it says, trust in the Lord and do good, and then you will live safely in the land and prosper. And we have already talked about that definition of prosperity Prosperity is having all your needs met with enough left over to help other people. That's what prosperity is. You know, it's like, well, I got three shirts and I only wear one of them, you know. Well, maybe I should start wearing two of them. But I got an extra one to give away. Prosperity is having all your needs met with plenty left over to help somebody else. So it says here, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. And then it says in verse 4, take delight in the Lord. You take pleasure in the Lord. Do you delight in him? Do you actually enjoy going to church? You enjoy reading his book? Enjoy singing and worshiping him and praying and, and just hanging out and talking to God? Not, 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 not reading prayers, but talking to him the way you would to a close friend. So it says, take delight in the Lord and he will, what's that word? He'll give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord. Now we read a while ago in Psalms 37, verse 23 there, it says he delights in every detail of our lives. He delights in all the details of our lives. And here it's saying, take delight in the Lord and he'll give you your heart's desires. Take pleasure in him, you know. And then he says in verse Five, it says, commit 75% of what you do to the Lord. I'm sorry. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him and He will help you. Are there some things that you can't commit to God? I can't commit that to God because God wouldn't approve. Well, then, if we can't commit it to God, then we ought not to be doing it. Now, I'm not ready to show you that picture yet, but I want to show you a picture in just a moment. 
Okay? Okay. But there's a, a good friend of mine. He's a fisherman. We love fishing together, hunting together. And uh, many of y'all know him. His name's Rob Shirk. And he's got 10 kids, you know, f from up in the 20s all the way down. You know, and uh, he's a hunter. Not just for sport, but he feeds his family. And he's figured out that to feed his family, it takes him 10 deer a year. He's a hunter. I mean, it's just like going to the grocery store and buying that much meat. But have y'all been to the grocery store recently? Whoo, wow. Anyhow, you know, uh, he lost one of his very special places that they would hunt that was a real good place. And he was telling me he wasn't doing so good at, you know, this place that he had. And then he went hunting the day before. He was telling me that on Sunday. And he went hunting on Wednesday with uh, four of his boys. And by, by 11 o'clock that morning, I want to show you a picture. Can I show you a picture? Have we got that picture or no? I don't know if you can count that high. There's seven. But in the midst of all that, now you can take the picture down. Some of you don't care for, for, for uh, I mean, I could put a picture of a cow up there because we go and pay somebody to be the hitman for those things and sheep and chickens and fish and all. <laughs> but what I'm talking about, folks, that's just absolutely unheard of. Seven deer life that in and just an early morning hunt the day before Thanksgiving. But what does it tell us about God? He's limitless. Now, you might think that was not something so good, but a, a man who has 10 kids and he depends upon the venison to feed them through the year, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. Now, maybe you don't need that kind of a miracle, but do you need a miracle? God is limitless, whatever it is that you need, and you go, there's no way that could happen. Well, then that's just kind of like, well, then if it happens, then it's just a God thing, right? How many of you here have ever seen a God thing happen in your life? Amazing. God, he's limitless. He's absolutely limitless, and his name is so powerful. Let me read you something in the book of Isaiah chapter 46. It says here in Isaiah 46, it says, I made you. Now, this is God talking. He says, I made you. Do you believe that? He says, I made you, and I will care for you, and I will carry you along and save you. You see that? And then he says, to whom will you compare me? This is God talking to his, his people, talking to the psalmist there, talking you know, uh, to, to, to the men, the prophets of olden days, talking to the men and the women. He's speaking to them through these men who are hearing that signal come from God. He says, I made you and I'll carry you and I, uh, I'll care for you and I'll carry you along and I'll save you. To whom will you compare me? Question mark. Who is my equal? Is there anybody equal to God? No. And then he says in verse 6, this is God talking. He says, some people pour out their silver and their gold, and they hire a craftsman to make a god for, from it. Now, we just got through reading there in verse 4, God says, I made you. But there are some people who take their silver and gold and they go, hey guy, can you make me a god? And what will they tell you? Absolutely. 
People who make statues of gods are con men. I mean, they're crooks. Now, if, if they're just making something that's pretty, is one thing. But if they say, I can make you a god. I can make you. God made us. We don't make him, you know. But it says some people pour out their silver and gold and they hire a craftsman to make a god from it. And then they bow down and they worship something they made with their hand. They carry it around. Now we just got through reading. God says, I made you. I will carry you along. But if you're going to pay somebody to make you a little God, you're going to have to carry it around. Verse 7 says they carry it around on their shoulders. And when they sit it down, it stays there. Now that's one thing that false gods can do. Sit. I said sit. Stay. You come back next week, it's still there. It wasn't following you around helping you at all. Now, you might think that I'm making fun of false gods, and you would be right. <laughs> it's just like if, if I came to visit you, and you had a statue of your wife over there made out of wood or marble, and you go, hey, this is my wife. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's absurd. He says here... If, in verse 7, they carry it around on their shoulders, and when they sit it down, it stays there. It can't even move, and when someone prays to it, there is no, what's it say? There is no answer. It can't rescue anyone from trouble. It's a God that you control, but that appeals to so many people. I want to be in control of my life, and give me the remote control for my God. You'll do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. And if you I'll put you in a closet over there if you don't behave yourself, you know. But there are people who actually have a God that they, they want to control, and that God is absolutely worthless unless you smelt it down and sell the gold back to somebody, you know. But the living God, the almighty God, the most high, he is limitless. A, a handmade God is worthless and useless, but the living almighty most high, who's who's coming to this earth we're getting ready to celebrate this month he is limitless and he can do anything and he's given you a book so it's not absurd and strange and weird he tells you he lets you in on how he works and how he moves and what he thinks and you can get to know him if you want to you see anyhow the key to experiencing God's provisions for you and it don't matter what your need is he can provide that but the key is again to believe Listen to what it says in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It says, what do you mean? This is Jesus talking. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything. Whatever it is that you need a miracle, maybe you need a miracle of the groceries for the next year for your kids. Maybe you need a miracle in some other area of your life. And Jesus said here, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. He said, anything is possible if a person believes. And I can tell you this for right now. Reading this book will cause your faith to increase. Reading a lot of negative and doubt and unbelief and everybody telling you the gloom and despair and the agony and the soap operas does not build faith. It causes you to anticipate the worst. And see, if you believe, you will pray. You believe God. You will pray like that God is there and he does hear me and he is 
limitless, and he will help me, and he will absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. John chapter 14, we're going to see a little progression here, and it's important to see this progression. John 14 verse 12 says, and this is Jesus talking, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. That's being Christ-like, right? Christ-like. But listen, he wrote this. Look it up in your own Bible. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. This, this is Jesus saying, whoever believes in me will do the works I've done and greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. And he wants some good representatives down here on this earth. Verse 13 says, you can ask for anything in my name. You, you understand asking in somebody's name? You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Who, who will do it? He said he will. Now, we've got to follow this progression out here. Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Listen to what he says in verse 14. Yes, Jesus is talking. He says, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So, don't jump to conclusions here. Here's the progression. Jesus is saying here in John chapter 14... He says, ask me for anything and I will do. That's chapter 14. Let's go to the next chapter, chapter 15. He says in verse 7 of John 15, he says, but if you stay joined to me, if, if you abide in me and you stay connected in a relationship with me, Jesus says, if you stay joined to me, uh, not to just occasionally visit, but you abide the same way a, a branch abides in the vine." It's connected, you see. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, not just an occasional read a Christmas story or uh, occasional read a resurrection story, but he says here, if you stay joined to me and my word remains in your heart, and it gets there by going in your eyes and your ears, but if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask, any request you like and it will be granted that's in the bible jesus said you could ask if you stay connected with him stay close in a relationship you're, you're in tune you're, you're picking up his signals there and his word is remaining you're reading it and you're thinking about it you're hiding it in your heart you know he says then you may ask any request you like and it will be granted he'll provide you groceries he'll provide you venison he'll provide you tires for your car or a car or a husband or a wife I mean God can do anything because he is limitless that's just the truth of it now now let's go to we was in John chapter 14 then we went to John chapter 15 let's pop over to John chapter 16 and it says here and this is Jesus still talking. He says, at that time, now read the whole chapter when you get home. The time he's referring to is the time after the crucifixion. He's not been crucified yet. He's getting ready to be. He says, at that time, once I've been crucified and three days after I'll rise from the dead, Jesus says, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. Wow, really? And Jesus says, the truth is, you can go direct. You can go directly to the Father and ask Him. 
Lord, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We hear emergency vehicles off in the distance. Somebody's in need. Might be somebody we know. We ask that you'd help them. And help those who are responding right now to go on to offer their assistance. Lord, we just ask you to give them strength and wisdom and draw them all into you. Give them a happy ending, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So he says here, at that time, talking about after the crucifixion and the resurrection, you won't need to ask me for anything. The truth is, you can go directly to the Father and ask Him, not Mary. God bless Mary. You know, she was Jesus' mother. But He said, go to the Father, not the saints, not to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus even says, don't even ask me. That's what Jesus said. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. The truth is, you can go directly to the Father and ask Him, and He will grant your request because you use what? My name. Now, there again, you know, I could write out all kinds of stuff here, but that thing ain't no good unless I sign it. And for the most part, it still ain't going to be no good, but <laughs> God's is. God's is. And, and, and he tells us, Jesus is telling us right here, he said, go to the Father. Go directly to him now. After the crucifixion and the resurrection, you don't need to ask me. You don't need to ask anybody else. Go to the Father in my name. You've done that. You let your kids borrow your credit card to go fill up the gas or do something, haven't you? You don't do that kind of stuff, hey? All right. You know what I'm talking about, though? Have you ever used somebody else's name? Somebody else said, hey, you can, you know, I've got a membership such as that, and you can come in, you can get my discount, my privileges, my bonuses, blah, blah, blah. You know, say, like, oh, wow, thank you for sharing that with me, you see. And that's what Jesus is saying here. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. The truth is you can go directly to the Father and ask him, and he will grant your request because you use my name. Now, we're not talking about overcoming God's reluctance because God is not reluctant to answer your prayers. He's looking for a man or a woman who will believe him. God is so willing to answer your prayers. He loves you and he cares about you. The providence of God is limitless when he can find a man or a woman who will just believe him. But so much of the time we have so much doubt and fear and worry and anxiety because we don't let this remain in us. We, we got ourselves filled with clutter of all kinds of other stuff, you see. You know, I was reading about this old boy. It's his birthday. His dad took him to the fair and some of his friends. And his dad went and bought a zillion tickets. You know, when it came time, you want to ride that? He'd stand there and pay off all the tickets to the guy there taking the tickets and all the kids would get on. And after a while, he was recognizing he had one too many kids. After this went on for a few moments, he cornered the little kid and said, and who are you? He said, I'm your son's newest friend. Go enjoy the ride. I want you to understand when you're friends with Jesus, our Heavenly Father is delighted to allow you to experience the privileges and the benefits and the blessings that Jesus, his son, experienced. He loves you. That's why Jesus went to the cross for you. God is not mad at you. He loves you and he cares about you. And he's made awesome provisions for you. 
He tells us in Acts chapter 10, verse 43, it says, He is the one, talking about Jesus, He is the one all the prophets testify about, saying that everyone who believes in Him, talking about in Jesus, everyone who believes in Him will have their sins forgiven through His, through His name. The name of Jesus. Everyone, it don't matter what you've done, everyone who believes in Him will have their sins forgiven through His name, and His forgiveness is what? Limitless. We're talking about the Almighty God here and because of what Christ has done. This is great news that everybody should have opportunity to know that God ain't mad at you, that God loves you, and, and He is limitless in His provisions to forgive you. So many people come and go, well, I can't go to God because of, you just don't know what I did. God knows what you did, and that's why His Son went to the cross to pay for your sins so you could be forgiven no matter what it was, you see. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other, there's that word again, name under heaven by which we must be saved. You can't be saved just by your works alone. You can't be saved under any other name, any other title, any other religious figure. It is only through Jesus. There is salvation in no one else. Jesus alone died on the cross for humanity, and Jesus alone rose from the dead, you know. And he offers us a pardon, awesome pardon. And there might be some times in our future that we might have some tough times ahead. That, that could happen. But let me tell you something. The providence of God, God is limitless. It has nothing to do with our economy or our political stuff that's going on or how dangerous it is. God, Jehovah Jireh, our God is going to take care of you no matter what. He wants to and he wants you to believe that. In the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 21, it says, And his name will be the hope of all the world. His name, the name of Jesus, will be the hope of all the world. It says in verse 22, Then a demon-possessed person, a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak, was brought to Jesus, and he healed the man so that he could both speak and see. Jesus is limitless. He created man in the beginning. He can sure repair one. Don't let the devil try to convince you that God will not help you in your times of need. Because he will. God loves us and he cares about us. Psalms 18 verse 10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. It's a fortress. A mighty fortress is our God. You ever heard that hymn? He is a fortress. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. And the godly run to him and are safe even in dangerous times. We can hide in God. That's where Daniel was at when he was in the lion's den. He just hid in God and the lions couldn't find him. That's where Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach and Abednego were at in that fiery furnace. They were just in God. And though the furnace was heated up seven times hotter than it was supposed to be, they were protected in that fiery furnace. They were hiding in God. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress and the godly run to him and are safe. In John chapter 16, let's pick back up here in 16. Jesus says... You haven't done this before because they always asked Jesus when they needed something before the crucifixion and resurrection. And Jesus says, you haven't done this before. Ask, use in my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Does prayers being answered give you joy? That's a whole lot better than prayers not being answered. And he understood that, and he says, and you will have abundant joy. Use my name and have your prayers 
answered, you'll receive them. And he says in verse 25, I have spoken of these matters in parables, but the time will come when this will not be necessary, and I will tell you plainly about the Father, and you will ask in my name. Then you will ask in my name. Jesus said, then you will ask in my name, and I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf. Jesus said, I'm not going to go and ask him. You go talk to him. Go direct. Tell him I sent you. That's what he's saying here. You and I have access to the Father. God loves us. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him won't perish but have everlasting life. Verse 27, he goes on to say, For the Father himself loves you, how? Dearly because you love me and you believe that I came from him. You do believe that Jesus came from the Father, right? You know, I'd read years ago about there were several girls who had gotten on this ship coming to the United States in another country, and they, they were, what you call those guys who hide on a ship there? and Stowaways. They came to the United States, they're unloaded, they caught them. They were not accepted in our nation. They sent them back to their original homes. And a few years take place, one of those girls met an American soldier in her country. They fell in love. He was stationed there for quite some time. They got married. When she came with him back to the United States, guess what happened? They accepted her because of him. They accepted her because she had married one of the American sons. Listen to what the Bible tells us here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, So we praise God for the wonderful kindness He has poured out on us because we belong to His dearly loved Son. The King James Bible says it this way, He hath made us accepted in the beloved. God the Father accepts us because we're in Christ. The same way the United States accepted those, that girl because she was in a relationship with one of our sons. We are accepted because what Christ has done. We use his name. What happened when that woman got married to one of our soldiers? She took his name. A transformation had taken place. In the same way, we are accepted to Almighty God through Christ Jesus. See, We have the power of attorney that's been given to us. I mean, legal authority and power that's been placed from one person to another, and, and, and that's what Jesus has given. He said, use my name. Didn't he? We read it several times here in the book of John. He says, use my, go to the Father and use my name. Power of attorney. There was a beggar who stopped a lawyer on the street in a large southern city, and he asked him for a quarter. Taking a long, hard look into the man's unshapen face, the attorney asked, don't I know you from somewhere? You should. I'm your former classmate. Remember? Second floor, old main hall. Why, Sam, of course I know you. Without further question, the lawyer wrote out a substantial check for Sam. Here, take this and get a new start, Sam. I don't care what's happened in the past. It's the, it's the future that counts. And with that, the lawyer hurried off. He had an appointment. Tears welled up in Sam's eyes as he walked to the nearby bank, stopping at the door 
He saw through the glass the well-dressed tellers, the spotlessly clean interior, and then he looked at his filthy rags. They won't take this from me. They'll swear that I forged it, he muttered as he turned away. The next day, the two men met again. Why, Sam, what did you do with my check? Did you gamble it? Did you drink it up, Sam? No, said the beggar as he pulled it out of his dirty shirt pocket and he told why he hadn't cashed it. Listen, friend, said the lawyer. What makes that check good is not your clothes or your appearance, but my signature on it. Now go and cash it. Does that make sense to you? Don't matter what you're wearing right now, if I was to write you a check, would they honor that check if I had something to back it up? Would they honor it? Let's take a vote on it. Everybody says yes, raise your hand. Okay, the yeses have it. Because, see, that's the deal. The name means something. It genuinely means something. And that lawyer had to educate him. Sam, they know me. They know I'm good for it. You're going down there. It's not no beauty contest. Go and cash the check. And Jesus said the same thing. Go to the Father in my name. Well, you don't know what I did. Well, ask him to forgive you. And when God forgives you, he has no record of it anymore. You go to him in the name of Jesus. That's what he tells us to do. John chapter 15, we're going back there. Verse 16, John 15, verse 16, Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed, I chose you and I appointed you to go and to produce fruit that will last. I want you to be fruitful while you live here on this earth so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using what? My name. I want you to be fruitful now, Jesus said, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for. But don't forget, use my name. Take the check that's been signed. Jesus has already made the arrangements for you and I to go boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and grace to help us in our times of need. When someone says you can use my name, boy, that's a privilege. It really is. Uh, just use my name. Go down there, you know. Uh, you need a job? I know so-and-so. You just tell them I sent you down there. Can stuff like that happen? Sure it can because people trust you. It's like, I don't know. So-and-so says you, you got a job, man. A name is important, and the name Jesus is the most important name that's ever been or ever will be. You remember Mary Magdalene in the New Testament? She was the first human being to see Jesus after he was raised from the dead. And the angel told her, and then Jesus saw her in the garden, and he said, now you go tell my other disciples to meet me down there in Galilee. And she went, and you know what? They wouldn't believe her. They wouldn't believe her. Well, once they did all their old stuff and discussed it and went and looked at themselves and talked and discussed more, well, somewhere down in the midst of that, somebody else come and told them. They began to believe it. They went to Galilee, and here's the last thing that Jesus told his disciples before he ascended to be with the Father. It's found in the book of Mark, chapter 16. I want you to look there with me to verse 17. Mark 16, verse 17, and it says, These miraculous signs will accompany all the pastors. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. Is that what he said? What did he say? 
Those who believe. There are men and women in here who believe God, who've been reading this book, been studying this book. The book remained in their hearts because it's been going in their eyes and their ears. And they're in tune with the signal from Almighty God. They believe everything that God has said. There's believers like that in this room. There are believers like that that live in our community. And that's who he's talking about here. Not clergy. Now, I'm not putting the clergy down. I am one, I think, you know. But first and foremost, I'm a believer. And he says here, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons. How? In my name. In the name of Jesus, be gone, demons. And they will speak in new languages that they never studied before. And they will be able to handle snakes with safety. And you remember the Apostle Paul? When he was being traveling on a, on a ship and they were shipwrecked and everybody was freezing when he got to the shore and he was trying to build a fire and a snake came out of the fire and it bit him. And, and Luke was there who was a physician and, and, and Paul just shook it off in the fire and started helping people. And the physician's kind of like, you're supposed to be dead. And all the people was watching, thinking, well, he was a criminal. He escaped the storm and the shipwreck, but ah, justice has its way. He's going to die. He just kept ministering to people. Before you knew it, the king of that particular island there in Malta uh, was, said, would you please come and pray for some of my family members? The power of God was seen in him because the snake's venom didn't kill him. I mean, that's right there in your Bible. And it says right here, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons. In my name, they'll speak in new languages. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on sick, and they will what? They'll be healed. And when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. That's the last words that Jesus said before he ascended to be with the Father after the resurrection. Don't you think the last words that someone says is important words? He says, these miraculous signs are going to follow those who believe. We need to spend more time here and less time surfing the web. More time here and less time watching movies. More time in the, the words of God that build faith and bring about transformation than all the other things that distract us. Verse 19 says, And the Lord Jesus, when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere. Everybody say everywhere. everywhere. And the disciples went everywhere and they preached. And the Lord worked, how? Through them. You know, God worked through someone a little while ago to bring me some water. And God will work and can work and wants to work through you. It can be just a simple little thing. You don't even have to make a big to-do. Just shake someone's hand under your breast and God just meet their needs. Just heal their bodies. You don't have to make a big flowery. If you make a big flowery show like you're something fantastic and wonderful, probably ain't not going to happen. But if you're gracious and you're, you're loving people and you just care about them, you say, I just want to ask God's blessing on you. I'm just going about your business. He says, these signs shall follow those who believe. In verse 20 it says, and the disciples went everywhere and they preached and the Lord worked through them confirming what they said by many, what? Miraculous signs. You remember the false prophets in the Old Testament was praying to Balaam to 
to light some sacrifice, some fire, and nothing happened after hours, almost all day of praying. Elijah, the man of God, came out and he said, Father, would you just light this? And they were trying to find out who was the true God. And boom! See, God is the Almighty. He is the Most High. His Son, Jesus, has given us the privilege, if we believe in him, to use his name. And I'm telling you, it is awesome. I'm telling you that God is limitless no matter what goes on in our world around about us. God is absolutely limitless. Well, we're going to stop here. But before you leave, if I forget, ask me about the little white bucket, okay, if I forget. But first off, we're going to pray. Let's bow our heads together. Father, I thank you for the men and women who are here this night. I thank you, Lord, that we've set aside a time to look in your word, to study it to find out how you feel about things. And Lord, you have given us so much. You've taken such good care of us in our times of need, and we have freely received, and we want to freely give back. We want to grab somebody by the shoulder, touch someone's hand, give somebody a word of encouragement as we go through our life. We want you to work through us as you work through the early disciples. We surely want you to do that, Lord. We believe everything that you said is true. And we just make that statement now that you are good and that you do love us. You delight in all the details of our life, and for that we are so thankful. As our heads are bowed, I, I want you to join me in a simple prayer, a prayer just to reaffirm our faith in God, to reaffirm our faith in our awesome Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you've never done this before, just join us as we pray and we welcome Christ to come into our life to fill us up with himself. If you know him already, would you just reaffirm your faith as we pray together right now? Would you join me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that you got a plan for my life. And I believe it's good. I thank you for the hope you've given me, for the peace that you've given me. I believe that the best is yet to come. I believe that Jesus died in my place and that he rose from the dead and he offers life in all of his fullness to those who will believe. And I choose this night to believe, to be a believer, not a doubter, and to trust you with all of my life. In Jesus' name. And before you leave, you know, if you prayed with us just now and you welcome Christ into your life, if you'd stop at our connections desk, it's free. You got a little gift bag. It's got a Bible, a movie, and some other little goodies. It's just something I believe would inspire you. Please take it. And there's a gift for all of those uh, who would be here for the first time. Another little gift, just a little something to let you know. We're so glad you came. We hope you come back. There'll be some folks over here to my left who would love to pray with you if you got a need. And I'm telling you that God still answers prayer. So if you need some prayer, please take advantage of that. And you're not going to let me forget the bucket, are you? No. Okay. Uh, many of y'all know uh, Kirsten Murphy. Kirsten's been a part of our church since she was a little bean sprout, you know. But she's uh, on a ship, the Mercy Ship, over in Madagascar on a medical missionary. And God's using her to help minister to people's physical needs there. But it, the most important reason she's there is not just to minister to their physical needs, but to 
pray with them and share Christ with them. And, and she's able to pray for them as they're doing some medical procedures and able to share the love of God and so they can come to know the forgiveness and the mercy of God. Now she went and she was only going to stay for a short period of time, but God's opened up a door for her to spend some extended time there serving and she's making a difference. So if you would like to, you know, we put our tithes in the boxes up there. This is an offering. This is a love offering that you're saying, hey, Kirsten, add a girl. I can't go, but I'm glad you're there. Make a difference while you're there. She extended her stay. She's not asked me for anything, but I found out that, you know, this is costing her pretty good to extend several months to stay. So if you would like to give toward her, you can just write on their Faith Living Church, you know, for uh, Mercy Ship or for Kirsten Murphy or whatever you want to do, if you would like to. And there is absolutely no pressure. If you say, I don't really know her, I don't, that's fine. But the thing is, there's an opportunity because a lot of us do want to help her along in her outreach. So don't, I've already forgot to do this for three weeks in a row. So that's why I put that there, okay? So those who would like to be a blessing to her, be a blessing. Okay, now the final thing is your connections card. And if you want to check this out, if you agree to it, Check it off, drop it in the tithe box. It just simply says, this week, I will focus my praying to the limitless Father in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray all week long, and I'm going to talk to the Father. And I'm going to start off my prayer. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. He said to use his name. I'm coming in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be hearing from a lot of you going like, you wouldn't believe, Pastor Ron, what God did for me. And I'll go, yes, I would, you know. Because God does answer prayers. When you go to him in the name of Jesus, he answers prayer. And he says, these miraculous signs are going to follow who? Clergy? Who was it? The believers. How many of you are a believer? So let's just take that to heart, begin to pray for people that God brings across your path this week, okay? God bless you. Speak to someone on your way out. Shake somebody's hand. Get to know someone. God bless you. You're dismissed.